Watch out, ye listeners. Beware. There be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the After Credibles, the weekly movie discussion podcast where the least credible people you know discuss everything in the world of cinema. My name is Charlie Rogers and today on the show we have Andrew Medanzik and Alex Conway. Thanks for coming on the show guys. Not a problem, good to be back. Hey man, it's been a while. It has indeed. For those of you who are following the show, you'll have noticed that in the last episode I said something along the lines of... No reviews next week, but we are going to have some great discussions, including a few fun segments. So please tune in and we'll talk to you then. So what happened? A lot. Uh, Firstly, I got a job, Zach got the flu, most of the team got overworked, and it all just got pushed back by a few weeks. So this week we are moving on, skipping that episode, and doing our regular news, and then this week's review, which is the Star Wars prequel, Solo. So, firstly, time for some news. Uh, My first piece of news is topical, coming off the back of our Avengers review, and I'm sure you guys will have heard this because it was basically the licensing deal heard around the world, and that is Etihad Stadium, which is a sports stadium in the city of Melbourne, Australia, is now being rebranded as Marvel Stadium after Disney negotiated a new licensing deal. I... I, I, I don't know what to think about this. It's just so bizarre to me. <laughs> it is really strange. It is, the, what, is it a good buy or a bad buy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much money gets involved in, in that kind of deal. Do you get buyer's remorse if you buy a stadium? <laughs> I don't know. So, so I remember seeing this uh, TV interview after it happened and there was a guy wearing a Superman shirt that was talking about it. And I... <laughs> I don't know if that was deliberate or not. <laughs> He's just trying to get us, could have, get, get us, uh, our kinds a bit angry, uh, our nerds. Uh. Yeah, it, it, it could have been, could have been mild trolling, or it may have just been a mistake. Oh my god! It was a DC fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to lobby for his own <laughs> DC stadium. Maybe the MCG can be changed yeah, to yeah. a no, to DC. Like, oh. Superman was really good. I swear. Yeah. yeah. Why couldn't it be called the Just Justice League ground or something? <laughs> oh my god! If it was the Justice League ground, every game would just suck. Suicide Squad Stadium. Why not? Oh, it'd be the, so depressing. The question you asked, Alex, is, is a good one. Like, what's the return on investment on getting a stadium? Like, I'm I'm fairly so I live in Melbourne and I'm fairly new to the city, so I haven't been to Etihad Stadium before. So I'm not sure what branding opportunities really exist for Disney. I think that it's been confirmed that a, a Marvel retail store will be put in the stadium somewhere, and I'm hoping for like I'm hoping for branded everything. Like, I want the Hulk stadium like the hulk uh hulk wing or the hulk hulk stand <laughs> or, or ant-man pavilion <laughs> oh my God. so would they sell comics or is it themed everything else i th- i th- i don't know i think because it's disney it's it's going to be like the avengers kind of uh cinematic universe thing i know that in, in melbourne at the moment they have like a huge interactive um they call it the avengers station which is like this semi-permanent avengers themed like you know it's it's like you you tour through some of the green screens or or whatever i know that sounds stupid but you see a lot of the props and stuff so i think it's going to be along those lines i don't know why they've picked melbourne but i don't know how long is that going to be in melbourne for um i think it's until maybe the end of june and it's already been here for maybe about three or four months yeah well if if, well i'm down at the end of the month so if it's still there we gotta go we we absolutely do the reason i put it off was because um, it all it's not current as of the end of Avengers Infinity War by the looks of a lot of the you know the posters and promotions so okay. once I saw Avengers Infinity War I was like oh, I don't know if there's any point going anymore seeing as beware uh, you know spoiler alert <laughs> a lot seems to change so I guess they've, they've moved on from what a lot of sports stadiums around the world being named after airlines and now they're going into like movie sagas huh I think so. I think it's the the power is is really shifting in in that sense. Yeah. So why not have like a if there's a Marvel one? Why not have like a you know Jedi Jedi Stadium? Call it the Jedi Temple. <laughs> no, no kids allowed at the Jedi Temple. No. Oh Ooh, yeah, that'd be a risk. Cool. All right. So my second piece of news is it's a fairly quick one, but I'm I'm fairly excited about it, and I'm sure you you gents will probably be fairly uh, keen on it as well. But after a couple years of speculation and toing and froing, it is finally confirmed that the new Bond movie, uh, with the working title of Bond Twenty Five, is 
back in action. It has Daniel Craig returning and Danny Boyle is coming on to direct the film. So another another English director coming to, to take the helm. And I do, I'm a big fan of Danny Boyle. So I'm, I'm pretty keen to see what, what comes out of it. Are you a big fan of James Bond though? Uh, yes, I am actually. I do like James Bond. Okay, because I'll be honest, I'm... I'm more excited for the next Mission Impossible movie than I am for the next James Bond movie. Yeah, that one does look good. So so you're a Mission Impossible guy, is that... <laughs> yeah, but like you said, it's Bond 25, whereas the one coming out this year is Mission Impossible 6, I believe. So Yeah, it's an impressive feat that they've been able to have the same actors for Mission Impossible for so many years as well, whereas Bond is... Yeah, I've seen from the latest trailer that, like, um, Ving Rhames is in it, and he was, he's been there since the beginning. Well, and, like, when did... Well, Craig's done, what is it... Four movies, three. I think he's done four. I think he started. I think Casino. The four. No, and he's done four. This would be the fifth one. When was the original Mission Impossible? Like early two thousand. Yeah, nineties. Mid nineties. Ninety six, maybe. No, no, it's nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good effort. Say so what you want about Tom Cruise, he does pretty good action movies. I'll give him that. Oh yeah, he he's always going to deliver. Yeah, he puts in 110%. Like, Although I don't yeah. know anyone that saw his latest movie that... Was it... The Mummy? Oh, American Made or something. Oh. No, no, no. The one where he, he plays the, the uh, drug cartel pilot. I don't... I, I literally I literally do not know anyone who saw that movie. <laughs> Neither do was I. His... I'm sure it's still made like Positive Return at the Box Office because it's him. Well, he probably commands quite a fee though. Yeah. Was that his version of Wolf of Wall Street? Just trying to do a drug movie? Lord of War, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> just a big mix of all of them. He, well, yeah. he, he, he wants the Oscar. Oh, God. He's going for an Oscar now. I can't imagine Tom Cruise with an Oscar. Like like what you said, uh, I uh, Alex, I, I told Sally this the other day. This is my opinion on Tom Cruise, and it really, like, it really messed her up because she hadn't thought about it like this. But like... Tom Cruise is one of those examples of actors who are so good at acting like normal people, but they obviously just aren't. They're just not, you know, they're not all there. He's just pretty. Uh, I mean, at least, at least in the, at least in the hardest part of the Scientology days, he was fairly crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's kind of funny that um, that he can be such an everyman on screen when all indicators point to him not being like that at all. <laughs> In real life, yeah, I, I don't think he walks in real life. He has handlers to pick him up and carry him, like, like he or he or he sprints, or he sprints. Yeah, he's like in his like in all of his movies. Yeah, like how do you how do you function as an adult in? Yeah, he's either carried or he sprints and lunges onto a moving transport, <gasps> guys. <laughs> I thought he did all these great stunts himself. That's all. That's why he. That's how he tries to market all these Mission Impossible movies. Oh, yeah. They're good stunts. I will give him that. Yeah, true. And he does. He yeah. does do a really good job. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. He, he does. He does a few good oh, stunts. Yeah, Guys, I think it's time now we've done the news to, to jump into this week's review, which is Solo, a Star Wars story. If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. Here they come! Let me give you some advice. We assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it! Look, we've we've finally reached it. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but the thing that so many of us were unsure about when Disney acquired LucasArts and, and announced they'd be making a a bunch of extended universe films. The one that really gave me pause was a prequel to one of cinema's most iconic and enduring characters. Yes. Like, do we... Like, I don't want to... Oh, actually, you know what? Them talking about a Yoda movie. What? If they... if Yeah, they've talked about a Yoda movie. Oh, you're kidding me. And I've never felt more sick in my stomach because the worst yeah, part yeah, of Attack of the Clones that. was Yoda flipping about and I was like, uh, I'm ooh, done with this I, shit. See, I, I would disagree with that, but that's for another time. All right. So, look, let's jump into it. In the world of Corellia, a destitute Han and his partner Kira are struggling to survive while running illegal goods for a local ganglord. 
When their luck runs out, they go on an escape run to get off planet, and while Han gets through the spaceport checkout, Kira gets captured. Vowing to find her and rescue her from Corellia, he enlists as an Imperial pilot. Fast forward to three years later, and Han Solo defects from the army, meets Chewbacca, and joins a group of hired bandits led by Tobias Beckett, an unlikely mentor for Han. Solo joins the new team and attempts a heist for a local crime lord so he can earn the money to find and free Kira. However, the heist fails, and they find themselves face-to-face with the crime lord funding the failed heist, Dryden Voss, and finds Kira partnered with Voss, having escaped through her own means. To make up for the failed heist, they go on one last job with Kira now alongside them, and later Lando Calrissian and a feisty robot called L337, and together they must make the money back and free themselves so Han and Kira can begin the adventures they promised to have together back on Corellia. Look, uh, I'll... I, again, I'll jump into it like we usually seem to do, and just like there's no secret here that I'm in two minds about the new Star Wars movies, as I'm sure many people my age and probably older are. And I, I tend to feel like I can sometimes be on the opposite side of public opinion regarding the recent movies. Um, so I, I don't know, I don't know how much weight my opinion holds, but look, I thought I thought Solo was fine. Like it was, it was pretty good. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't bad uh, in my opinion. Um, I think considering the task here that I mentioned earlier, that is creating an origin movie for one of cinema's most iconic characters. There is, there's basically just so much you could screw up and piss off the entire fan base. And I, I don't think any of my like bullshit detectors really went off the same way as they did during something like the last Jedi. Um, there's plenty of fan service acting solid. I don't think the writing was particularly, I don't know, disgraceful. <laughs> it just kept going. So yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought it, I thought in, in a general sense, it was a decent film. Yeah, the writing-wise is a bit felt boring and dull and predictable. Like, we've seen Ocean's Eleven. We know how twists and turns go. And now it's this it's Ocean's Eleven and Space Borderline. That's going to be contemporary Star Wars movies. They're not going to be anything special or new or risky it's going to be predictable safe let's make money yeah and i i i I agree i feel like that's that's kind of the standard right now you could challenge the last jedi was unpredictable and yeah that's true like nobody knew where the hell that was going after a while oh well okay well when okay apart from that's the sequel trilogy so like seven eight nine that's gonna be more grand and whatever to want but with all these spin-off movies like boba fett spin-off is confirmed um, Obi o- Obi Wan and Yoda spin off, not confirmed yet, but probably going to happen, and probably a solo, probably a solo sequel as well. Okay. So all of these, I think they're called the anthology films. They're, I don't know if I don't know how they're going to go. I did probably enjoy Rogue One a little bit more than Solo, but I still like Solo for the most part. It yeah didn't have didn't have anything too unexpected except for you know the ending hologram that was probably unexpected. If we're just, if we're, oh, just we'll, we'll jump. jump into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So Darth Maul rocking up at the end for about a minute and a half. That was one of the big ones. And that that was just. See, I. All right. I rolled my eyes. I I read a lot of the Star Wars comics and expanded universe stories when I was younger, and so I knew that they had a story where Darth Maul survived, which, even as a kid, I thought was stupid because he got cut in half. So then when I saw him in comic books with robotic legs, I thought that is really just weird. And now they're bringing him into the back into the cinematic universe. So it's risky, but if most of the fans like it, then, you know, we just have to go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, what I thought about it firstly was what a reveal. Like I, I loved, I, 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 you know, I saw the hood, he's sitting there, his holographic form. I was like, who's behind it. And, when it came out, I thought, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Like, I was really pleased and shocked and just a lot of emotions going through. I thought it was really cool that Darth Maul was coming back, but uh, I don't know. Like, he started, he started talking and he had this stupid accent and he looked old and the CGI didn't look that good. And the longer he stayed on and the longer he talked, the more the steam just fell out. And I just wasn't really wasn't really digging it and by the end I, I really felt like it felt flat and I felt a bit disappointed I think it just went a bit too long I think I think that it's good that he looks older because it, it is I think that it would be 23 years after Phantom Menace is where Solo is set 
So that would that would that would sort of make sense that he looks older. I don't know why he had to force grab his lightsaber and ignite it and kind of <laughs> wave it around. Yeah, it's like he's. I mean that that was stupid. To tell people it was a Star Wars movie. Duh. <laughs> yeah, see, no one no one would like in every single Star Wars movie. It's not like they show off on the hologram. Yeah. It's, yeah, I thought that was a bit lame, but... Why did his hologram look better than every other hologram we've seen? And yet it looked like shit. I don't, I don't know what it, there was about it, but... I, I'm, and, and you're right, like, he was older and he should be older. It's the same actor, and that's good, but, I, like, the close-ups lingered too long. I, I feel like they've missed the art of the, the kind of leaving audiences wanting more the same way that, say, Marvel tend to do so well with post-credit scenes. Things like that. Things that are... But you 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 show more by showing less. Well, here's the thing: Are we going to get a mall standalone anthology movie now? Oh my god! Shoot my brains, please. I, who knows? I mean, it sounds like he's definitely gonna he's definitely going to be in a in a movie. I know. Is it going to be a solo sequel? Is he going to be in the Boba Fett movie? Is it going to be in the Obi Wan movie? Yeah. I don't think they'll touch a solo sequel. Oh. It's not making a return that they wanted. Yeah, it's only been out for a week, but. All right. Yeah. Even though it's only been out for a week, it's no, it's, it's nearly not. it's nearly broken. They will keep making movies, I think, as long as they don't go into the realm of, you know, Batman vs Superman depths of depravity for big movies. So speaking of that, we have <laughs> we really jumped into that. So speaking of that, going off on the tangent from that, uh, it's fair to say the movie stands as for some reason and i'm not sure why this exists this is what this is where i am in in two minds about solo is that it seems to be the case that the movie only serves as a way of codifying references and beloved pop culture quotes that we've heard and remembered from the original star wars movie things like the 12 parsecs run yeah but that's what rogue one was as well it was, but I don't know, like, whereas Rogue One teaches you things, like, it expands a single sentence, a single sentence about the team that found it. It expands that into a whole movie. This seems to just try and make a movie out of the 10 or 12 quotes or little references and Easter eggs that people loved about the first Star Wars and turn it into a movie. And nothing else seems to have been added, if you ask me. Yeah, that's true. Like, I... Uh... No, no, nothing was added. I think there was one one important thing that was added. Well, that Lando has sex with droids. That was one thing that <laughs> was unexpected and just came out of nowhere. Lando's gonna fuck. Adds a lot to his character in Empire Strikes Back. I think that was so. Let, let's let's go back for audiences just in case there's a chance they haven't watched the film and are listening to this. So, Lando's robot companion i suppose you would call her l337 she seems to have this like oh and she's she is she is the millennium falcon navi computer as well in the original yeah so as a as a a proper robot who helps them she eventually dies and as she's dying they bring her on the millennium falcon and and synergize her consciousness with the falcon so she lives on as the falcon's computer and there's a weird, <laughs> what Andy was saying, there's a weird thing regarding this, like, unspoken <laughs> sexual <laughs> tension between Lando and L337 that I, I don't think really gets, <laughs> really gets explained explicitly. Is, is, is that what you're saying, Andy, that it does? Well, obviously there's a lot of tension, but the thing that makes it almost a fact is that I think Kira's talking to L3 and... <laughs> You know, Kira's like, would it even would it even work? And L three's like, yeah, trust me, it works. Yeah, you're right. Oh, so that that was the kind of light bulb over the head scene that was like, hang on, is this something that is actually going? On? <gasps> what do you reckon, Alex? Uh, probably. Shit, man. Yeah, like why not? Space. Yeah, I mean, Lando is breaking down barriers yeah. between Look, robo-human relations. There's probably sex workers in space and probably the sex workers are half droids, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah look, it's fine. I, I thought it was actually a good, a really good way to write, write, um, write a bit of depth into Lando's love of the Falcon from the original trilogy. I think that was a, a really good... Like, I didn't expect that. Um, that's probably one of the things I've taken away from the movie that I kind of liked the most about how it enhanced the, like, the characterizations of the original films is that Lando has a genuine love for the Falcon because it is quite literally the, the consciousness of a robot that he seems to have loved. 
And I think that was quite good. I liked that. And that was something that adds depth. It wasn't expected, in my opinion, and it, it kind of expands from something that wasn't really a huge part of the, f- the original trilogy that people loved. And I think the movie could have done with more of that because adding in all these little references to the 12 parsecs Kessel Run or whatever it is and, and Hans shoots first and all that kind of stuff, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of that stuff. I, I seemed like the kind of person who would be, but I wasn't. I think there were three, three main things that we could have expected from the movie as soon as they announced it, like ties to the original trilogy. And one was that, like, obviously they're going to show the Kessel Run because that's all they talk about, about the Millennium Falcon. Um, that um, he won the ship from Lando in a game of cards and that he rescued Chewie from slavery from the Imperials. So, like, they were probably the three main things that, you know, we knew they were going to show. Although the, the, the Chewie one was probably the most unexpected, the way they showed it. Because when, yeah, when they always said that he rescued him from slavery, I thought that's going to be, like, a really brave rescue thing that Han goes out of his way to, like, break him free. But then when they showed it in the movie, it was, like, a pretty much saving his own skin as much as doing something heroic. I think it, I think it definitely fits with his character. So the idea I always had was that, you know, he, he heroically saves Chewbacca, but then he does it just to kind of like save himself as well as him. So what this is something that, that really interests me. Andy, what did you think of that? What did you think of spending all your life hearing a reference and making up your own idea of what it might have been like, which has obviously happened to everyone who's watched Star Wars because of these little references, and then having a movie come out to tell you <laughs> otherwise. It, it seems one of the only purposes of it is to tell you or codify what actually happened in its own way. Yeah. Did you, do you like that kind of stuff? Like, what do you personally feel about that? And not, not just in Star Wars, this would happen in lots of things. If, it's, if I think my way's better, <laughs> I'm going to be upset. But I, I, did not, I did not mind the way at all they showed that. I think it was cool. It was, um, it was dark and gritty, you know, the way that they kind of very heavily implied that Chewbacca had eaten many people yep. to survive. That's true. That's true. Like, yeah, it was. And I, yeah, so I don't, like, it was different to what I expected, but I still really liked it. How about you, Alex? I don't know, man. <laughs> really, like, it was cool that Han was just saving his own skin and it was kind of interesting, but hearing, like, a human actually speak. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. What is a whatever chewy language yeah that was, was a weird ridiculous. it was so weird uh yeah i don't know that was weird how he's how he's nearly under the mud and then he makes this weird gargling sound yeah it's like when dory speaks whale in finding nemo except this is like a kind of serious movie <laughs> and it just it's so out of place that was a little bit weird maybe they could have done that better So, okay, let's, let's go back. What did you guys think of Alden Ehrenreich, the actor for Han Solo? I mean, that's got to be something that really, it's a make, or break, a make or break part of a movie like this is how well does the lead actor live up to the legacy that was brought well, before it? Um, he wasn't doing an impersonation, which was fine, which was really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Like where mm-hmm. uh, Donald Glover was doing like an impersonation of Lando. Where sort of first 15 minutes you're like, oh, this isn't Han, this isn't Han. Then sort of after a while you're like, oh, I don't really care anymore. It's fine. It's just, yeah, it like he started, he grew on me. He grew on me. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I think, uh, I think all of them, the ones who, oh, actually, hang on, how many, there was only Lando and Han, right, that have been in other movies before. The rest were new characters. And Chewie, I think pretty much, yeah, just those three. And oh, and Maul, but yeah. I think they all did a good job. I don't think it was... um. There was nothing wrong, I thought, when I was watching their performances. It didn't stand out as bad. I don't know. I don't know if I. Could, I don't know if I can say one was better than the other out of um, Alden Ehrenreich and Donald Glover because they they both did really solid jobs. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think um I was really keenly watching Ehrenreich as well because I first watched him in um, Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers film. Yeah, and I thought. I thought he was really funny and lovable and just a really... Yeah, we had a great time watching that. The scene with him and Ray Fiennes. Yeah, yeah, it was just... It was, I, I thought that... And, and, and when he, like, towards the end of the movie, like, he just... He had a lot of depth and charm and I really liked him. And when I heard that he was going to be solo, I thought, 
oh, I hope he does a good job. Like, I, I, th- I think the movie will suck, but I hope he does a good job. And I, I think he did. Say what you want about, let's, let's say if you disagree with the writing or the dialogue, perhaps, which I don't overly disagree with or, or dislike. But I think regardless of that, I think you can tell he's putting in maximum effort to seem like he's doing an effortless Han Solo kind of role. And you're right, I don't think it's really an impersonation, though I think that he does a really decent job imitating those little, the little things, like crouching when he shoots, holding his gun in that specific way that feels so much like Han Solo from the old movies. And I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Although, don't forget they needed, they hired an acting coach for him when Ron Howard came in and they reshot more than half of the movie. Yeah, I, I heard that. But hey, look, and and a product. <laughs> so there's that part as well. But yeah, all yeah, all that matters is the final product. Yeah. Yeah, and I I also liked Donald Glover too. I think he did a solid job. I think he I agree. I think he was impersonating original Lando a bit much. And there are some scenes where his accent is just a bit off, and it really stood out for me. But I think he he did do a really good. I think he nailed it. Actually, I think Donald Glover really nailed the role and embodied a lot of the fun loving outrageous elements of star wars and and that kind of it's like you said alex and oceans 11 i i considered a bit of a western like a kooky western and i think he really embodied that kind of vibe really well Well, i was gonna say i agree and i may be biased because i love donald glover (laughs) so (laughs) there's that but um yeah i did really enjoy him in the movie i think they all were very um solid like woody harrelson as well if we're going into the uh, you know, supporting cast, Paul Bettany. Yeah, I, I, so apparently, apparently Paul Bettany was cast after Ron Howard took over and the original villain couldn't come back because of scheduling conflicts. So they actually, that, 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 that character is actually completely original as of Ron Howard's involvement in the film. The, the original, the original guy cast was um, Michael K. Williams, if you know him from um, oh, yeah. The Wire and, really? and Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, he was, he was oh, cast, sweet. I'm pretty sure. And then he couldn't come back for the reshoots. And he he did a good job. I don't think the I don't think the movie did enough to flesh out why. Like they get onto his uh, yacht, onto his ship, and they're all very scared of him. But then when they actually see him, like yeah, he kills someone. But like that happens all the time in Star Wars. So I don't really know. They didn't really do the best job of showing that he should be an intimidating character. That's that's through that's through no fault of Paul Bettany. I really yeah, he was good. Should we talk about how they changed directors, like, for the movie? No, so I'm not really sure about the exact facts, but it seems like they had completely wrapped up production. Is that, Andy, do you know if that's correct? I, I honestly don't know where the changeover came with how much was, you know, the original directors and how much was Ron Howard's. But, you know, regardless, if you know that a new director came and took over and had to change so much, I think Ron Howard did a great job. And you wonder... You wonder how the movie would have been if it was him from the get-go. Yeah, like, uh, especially, I mean, the things we heard about this movie before it came out were along the lines of, this movie's in jeopardy. When has a good movie come out that's been reshot so extensively? And um, I think considering, especially especially considering the last movie I heard that had that was Justice League, and it turned out to be a disaster. Thinking about that fresh in my mind, I thought, oh, I mean, wouldn't it be a shame if a movie like Solo were to be such a disaster um because of reshooting and production hell and all this crazy stuff but considering that i i think you're right like ron howard has done a great job and um i mean i dare say perhaps disney made the right move firing the original directors that reminds me of a little uh tie back to movie news you were talking about earlier one thing i heard just this last week which i never knew before is that george lucas offered the directing job of the phantom menace to ron howard Hmm. yeah and Ron Howard turned it turned it down, and I, I'd never heard that before, so I found that quite interesting. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> Possibly fortuitously for Ron Howard, but to the detriment of us. <laughs> uh, Alex, what were you going to say? <laughs> I would have liked to have seen the original Lord and Miller version because it, for Solo, I think it had to be more fun and like a space adventure, and they were going with like a more improv. And it seems like Alden Eric Wright and particularly Donald Glover have a bit more like snappy and when they get to do comedy they seem to enjoy it and i think it was like i'm gonna speculate and nobody listens to this anyway so they're not gonna fucking complain (laughs) look i think it was like larry kasdan who was who wrote it and was like the 
they're upset. They're changing what I wrote and I don't like it. Then he went and complained to well, Kathleen Kennedy. And she was like, no, we got to get rid of the boys. And we got to put Ron Howard for hire. And I'm like, Ron Howard's fine, but it's just there as a fill-in. He's just a hire. He hasn't done a good movie since Rush. And that's... I mean, no matter who it was going to be, they were always going to have that challenge, weren't they? It was going to be, how do I salvage this movie? More so than how do I push the boundaries? Yeah, that's it. Like, they needed a movie out by this date. Who's Who do we know who we're good friends with and wants to do a Star Wars? Oh, Ron Howard. He's got a big name. Let's give it to him. It's fair enough. But they he did fine. It was a fine movie. Like, it was okay. The backbone of the movie lends itself to the kind of crazy space pirate seafaring kind of western adventure that you might expect a swashbuckling light-hearted comedy with a few heists a few standoffs which they did have but you're right it all just had a bit of a gritty feel to it a little bit of comedy here and there but um yeah i mean of course whenever there's another cut of a movie i, I agree with you alex i would have loved to have seen what the alternative could have been especially on the funny side especially like you know han solo he's He's got that. He's got that kind of, you know, that feel to him. It's got some charm. It's got some wit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you like about him in like A New Hope. That's what he was. He comes in and he's yeah. Even in the Force Awakens. Yeah, he's he's still got that about him. And the movie the movie wasn't bad by any means. Um, but I feel like outside of the references and the things designed to get people like us as Star Wars fans excited uh, the rest of the movie is just a solid movie that that is unfortunately just window dressing for an excuse to make a movie that makes some money that has references galore and fleshes out the things that we'd already created stories for in our head that didn't really need a movie to tell us what happened the thing that i probably liked the least about that movie was where we found out where the surname comes from where he's lining up lining up to get into the imperial forces and you know, they're just like, oh, so who are you with? And he's like, oh, I'm by myself. What's your name? Han. Oh, what's your surname? And he's like, oh, I don't have one. And the whole time it's just like, oh, don't say it. Please don't make this how it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I thought I thought that was the I thought that was the only thing that was a little bit the part that took me out of the movie the most. Even more so than Darth Maul. Like Darth Maul didn't really take me out of the movie, even though it was very unexpected, but the solo part coming from just that imperial officer sitting up in his booth <laughs> i kind of liked it. I, it it dragged on long enough that you knew it was coming and that part about it made it a little bit awkward but i, I kind of liked it i like i like when things that endear uh people or endear audiences and sometimes you find out that they actually came from really mundane or insignificant events i, I kind of i don't know i don't mind that um one thing i didn't like personally was the 12 parsecs thing like we all so in the original movie as you guys know Han as an offhand thing brags that the Falcon can do the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs I believe that's the quote is that right I don't know I've forgotten yeah and and the and and the joke that has come out in the generations since is that 12 part like parsecs aren't a time measurement they're a distance so what he said is scientifically wrong and I thought that even if they were going to include this and put it in that they'd maybe do one throwaway line, maybe someone, whoever said it, would get looked at funny, and it would be the unspoken thing that what they've said is scientifically completely wrong, and they just go with it or something like that. But they, they kind of say it a bit too often, and it just, every time they say it, it has that feeling where they it, the, the phrase lingers there as if we're supposed to get it, except it happens two or three times, and it just gets a bit old. It seemed weird to me that they would decide to codify parsecs as a unit of time in to Star Wars canon, but, you know, that sounds it sounds a little bit too melodramatic, so I'll, I'll finish there. <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, it was a... And it was confirmed as, like, just a writing error for the original movie, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think it was, because how else could they... I mean, it does make sense. And then they've found some way to, you know, explain it. Yeah, or, or they didn't even bother explaining it. They just, they just used... They just said it as if it were an actual measurement of time. And So do you like, do you like what they did with it, that it was him doing, like, a near-suicidal run through the actual you know space debris and the big squid monster and all that stuff yeah i i actually thought that that moment was a pro, like for me a bit of a highlight of the action parts of the film that them trying to escape this 
huge black hole with a gigantic space monster and they try to use the all or nothing boost to get away and it fails and they they get sucked towards the black hole and it kicks in at the last minute that that part of the movie i i remember sitting back and just thinking oh that was that was pretty cool i really enjoyed that um so it was actually a highlight for me that that kind of thing and i think it, it falls in line with that the swashbuckling crazy goofy outrageous adventures that i probably hoped the movie would have had more of yeah i think that definitely does tie in with han's character as well because we know in uh empire strikes back when he runs through the asteroid belt Duh. when they're being chased yeah, absolutely so and everyone everyone else is saying like this is crazy but he knows he can do it so i guess it, it was good that it stayed in character for him If you guys could do anything to it, like, what would you change? Like, would you add something different or what would you change about it? Uh, well, I would, I would change the surname part. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I haven't thought about that because I was quite um, satisfied with the movie as a whole when it finished. And I think maybe a, f- a few too many things they left open yeah. uh, for sequels, potential solo sequels. Like we know, we know in the original trilogy that Lando is a bit of a scoundrel, but I think we can tell from that, you know, especially in Episode Six, that he he is good friends with Han. Um, but then at at the end of this movie, they ended up hating each other. So that makes me think, like, if they do a sequel, there's definitely going to be a future story that makes them, you know, become closer. So like the Lando Han friendship was not established in this movie. I think that was clever about it because they worked well as a team and when they were at their best, they got along well, but obviously by the end of it, things had soured quite heavily. Oh yeah, and then he said, I hate you, I know, which was... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't actually pick up on that while I was watching the movie, so I'm I'm a bit bit bummed out (laughs) with myself. Um, Yeah, look, what, what I would have changed is I wasn't a fan of the endless parade of really overt references to things within the original series i just think um personally what i like about say the marvel franchise is that i think they do really well at balancing little references to other things but actually leave you wanting more they leave you they leave the potential crossovers lingering in some instances and you just go wouldn't it be awesome if this happened or that happened and sometimes i feel like that the feeling of not really knowing what's going to happen as something that's better and i i wasn't a fan of a lot of like as i just said i wasn't a big fan of that stuff i don't like the idea that they had to throw back to han shoots first by him killing his mentor in the most you knew it was coming uh, out, outrageously stupid way mid-speech yeah a, a callback just for the sake of doing a callback like isn't worthwhile and and what i don't like personally and this is me getting into my, my nerdy uh realm again is that i don't like that it didn't it didn't add any development to him it was a throwback and like when 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 han solo shot first in the original uh, a new hope he did it and he walked away and he didn't give a shit and that made it that meant he was like a scoundrel and a badass and that's that but then he just yeah he, he even he, he even flicked the coin to the bartender and was like you know sorry about the mess yeah and and the, the subsequent anger from when they re-released it and made it so he didn't shoot first is like a funny uh, entry into nerd fandom in itself. But the idea that they wanted to throw back to that, have him shoot first, then have him cradle the man as he's dying and looking really regretful that he had to kill him is just not in line with the original Han shoots first ethos anyway. It just seemed a bit, it seemed like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too with having him do the shooting first, kill the guy and then, and then look really human and remorseful while, while he cradles the man in his arms and just, it all just seems a bit not, didn't make sense to me. Well, I, I think, I think that could necessarily work because this movie was set quite a few years before and you hope. So it may have, that may have been the first person that Han, you know, killed in that. He kind just of starts shooting people just first. So like maybe just meeting everybody. Bam. Yeah, I thought trying to humanize him afterwards just smacked of trying to have the best of both, and I don't. He's got to be a good guy. I don't. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of that. I think I would have probably preferred if he hadn't shot first and like in a different circumstance and been shot and had a moment to reflect on what he might have done differently in the future. I reckon that. Yeah, like I should have shot first. Yeah, I think that would have probably had, like, I would have enjoyed that a bit more, I think. But look, outside of that, 
I, 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 the movie was the movie was good enough that I don't think I would change too much. I liked that it, as I've said a couple of times, it had a lot of the western standoffs and it, it, it had a literal train heist like they have in old westerns and an actual like illegal prison mining camp, just like in westerns. Like it all just it all just had those kind of things there, and I did like that. While I do think there was uh, the DNA of a better movie in there, um, the reasons I wasn't a huge fan of the movie are purely personal, and I don't think that should really reflect on someone's decision to see it for themselves. How about you, Alex? Okay, all right. I'm going to go off on a tangent here, so you're going to have to stick with me. (laughs) Yep. All right. (laughs) I would have... Okay, from the start, I wouldn't even made Han, like, a guy. I would have had him as a woman. I would have had Jennifer Lawrence's Han. Wow. And I would have just like, he would have been on the run. And like, as like at the end of this, he's like, oh, fuck it. I got to change everything about me. I've got to go get plastic surgery and I'm just going to fucking completely change my identity. And that's why nobody knows me. That's why nobody's heard of me. Oh my God. I would have fucking done that. So would, would it have still, would it have still been called Solo? Shit, yeah. <laughs> Where is this coming from? <laughs> I would have. I wanted to see something different. Well, it, okay. Are sex change operations canon in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> Fucking everything oh, else wow. is, man. Mate, Maul, Maul has robot legs. He might be. A- <laughs> yeah, Maul has robot legs. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow, true. that is that is bold. Could you imagine the Phantom yeah. if that had happened? Could you imagine the outrage? Neck beards <laughs> and vape lords would be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that. That is that is one hell of a change. I would have loved to have seen that. Just kiss the Han Solo that you think you know. Like fuck you, boys, and just and Jennifer Lawrence is funny as shit when she gets going, <laughs> and it would have been great. Wow, uh, I tell you what, that's got to have to go into our After Credibles suggested <laughs> movie ideas pile because that is a classic. <laughs> yeah, man. Oi, Han Solo too. It could happen. <laughs> Okay, so before we finish, I wouldn't mind doing maybe a quick retrospective of Star Wars and especially the new generations of film. Let's just have a quick chat about it, especially with the often polarizing changes that have happened since the acquisition of Lucasfilm by Disney in Mm -hmm. 2012. Um, It started with The Force Awakens, followed up with Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and then the fairly controversial Last Jedi and now Solo Look, what do you guys think of these movies as a whole? Are you happy with the way the movies are going? Um, and um, Or would there be any big changes you would make to the series as a whole? Well, I've actually been thinking about this. So those four movies, which have come out in the last two and a half years, like I'd probably rank them as Force Awakens being the best, then Rogue One, then Solo, then The Last Jedi. I think, I'm think i not a fan of Last Jedi. Um, and I think in terms of what can they do to fix that is that Disney needs to wake up to themselves and actually get a plan in order because they had J.J. Abrams do the first part of the sequel trilogy. And then they and then they just let um, Ryan Johnson come in and do whatever he wanted for the uh, you know eighth one. And then they were going to get that. Then they were going to get that Colin Trevorrow to come in and then write episode nine. Like there's no connecting plan. There's no connecting arc between those three movies. Whereas in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Yeah, they had different writers and directors, but George Lucas, he had the main story arc. Like, he had the final say on how the story went. So there was a plan. Whereas in this one, like, The Force Awakens ended on a legitimately exciting cliffhanger where, like, Luke Skywalker is right there at the end, Rey finds him, then it cuts away. What's going to happen in the next movie? And then it's just having different directors and writers who can do whatever they want... And there's no overarching plan. There's no foresight, and it's making it very sloppy. I like I like you listing your favourite ones in order because, of, of course, Andy and I especially have chatted about these movies endlessly as they come out and as we and what we think about them. And, and um, I will go on record and say that of the four, my favourite one so far has been the Last Jedi, and that's because it the the first half I think was pretty was pretty shit. And I remember thinking through the whole thing that, like, thinking in my head, I was just repeating, like, it seems like the Star Wars that I grew up loving is just long dead. It's just gone. It's just nothing like what the original Star Wars movies were like. But towards the end, I really liked the second half. 
I did, had no idea what was going to happen. I was really invested in seeing how all of it came to an end and i hadn't had that experience in the force awakens i didn't care about rogue one i didn't like the characters and solo is solid it's fine and i, I do like um Alden Ehrenreich, so it, it worked pretty well but um i've come to terms with the idea that i'm probably not going to love these movies anywhere in the same way that i did love the original star wars movies as a kid and that's a hard thing to follow up from so i i understand that my my key is just that I'm just not going to care from now and I'm just going to go into the movies and just, just enjoy them for what they are. I think that's all they deserve <laughs> from me at the moment. But um, that's pretty much my take on my personal opinion on all, all these movies. Like, they're, they're good enough. They're good enough and I'm just going to treat them like that. What about you, Alex? Um, I'm a big fan of The Last Jedi. Oh. I think it's probably one of the best ones that I've seen. And it's the best looking one I've seen and it did something completely different and it threw out the whole mystery of the Jedi and just gave it a big finger and they did the best thing that they ever did with the prequels and said, like, what does Luke say? He said, like, the hubris of the Jedi was let Darth Sidious grow within him and that was like, holy shit, I've never thought about it. That was great. The Jedi are pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but The Force Awakens is pretty good. Like, it was fun. Like, I was a bit on the fence but I saw it a couple of times and I was like oh okay it's good it's pretty solid it's straight down the middle uh Rogue One I couldn't give two shits about except for the last 40 minutes where the big fight happened and I was like oh yeah this is what I really like yeah 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 yeah." uh and Solo was fine but (laughs) I don't know like they're a company man they can do whatever the shit they want and they don't give a damn about us they will do whatever the hell they want and they're gonna make money like how much did they buy Lucasfilm for? Was it four billion? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. They've made that like they made that back fast and quick, and like oh well, even just from the movie box office, they would have. Let alone you know toy sales oof, and yeah, video games and books and all that. Yeah, like they'll be fine. Like they're going to keep making them. I just hope they do better choices when it comes to picking stories. Like, can we not? do a Boba Fett movie? Can we not do a Yoda? Can we do something different? Can we... I just want to see a new thing. A whole new thing going on. Like, let's start something new. They could do something that's like the Old Republic. Yeah, do that as a TV show. I'll be fine with that. I want to see a new story. Like, I'm I'm not sick of the start... Like, actually, I'm sort of sick of Skywalkers. I'm over this. Let Keep the Force, but let's do something new. This was the first movie that did not have a Skywalker character. Oh. Yeah. Thank ah, God. true. Yeah. Rogue One had Darth Vader and Leia for a little bit. Yeah. And this was the first one that had none. Yeah. And no C-3PO officially, even though he, the actor did return for a cameo uh, as a different... As a different- protocol droid or r2d2 yeah look and 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 like you what you said about boba fett people loved boba fett because he didn't say anything and he endeared himself to fans because he you know he he didn't show up very often and the times he did he was a badass so i don't know what you can gain by fleshing that out more in ways that in the ways that are seem directly opposed to the to what made him endearing in the first place you know what they need they need to do a judge dread boba fett movie where he doesn't say much and he just keeps his mask on See, I don't even get that because he wasn't—he wasn't even a badass in any of the films. He died like a little bitch, like he died. He didn't do anything. Yeah, I think what actually happened was he was a badass, according to according to people when they watched it when it came out in um, in An Empire Strikes Back. But then he was killed off really unceremoniously in um, in the Return of the Jedi. So, so as we watched it as kids his story has already gone from A to B and he's died. Whereas there was a point in time in, 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 in history where people thought he was the shit and they didn't know he was going to die in such a pathetic way. But see, I, I think a Boba Fett story, even though I'm not that excited for it, I wasn't very excited for Han Solo and it still turned out to be okay. I think a Boba Fett one could be okay because even though I'm not a fan of him, the Jango Fett action scenes in Attack of the Clones were quite good. Like the fight scene against Obi-Wan, how he almost held his own against Mace Windu. Like, if they could work some of those action scenes in, and that that would potentially be the darkest uh, Star Wars movie because he's a bounty hunter. Like, he kills people for money. They could really go... Yeah, like, they could... I reckon a, a, a Boba Fett one, like, could potentially, if they got, like, a... 
if they literally said, yep, whatever, get whatever director, whatever writer, make it MA rated, go dark, go serious. Well, they're getting um, Joe Mangold. Like Joe Mangold? Or whoever, Mangold, who did Logan, and Logan was ridiculously good. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's good. So they they might hype up that Western style that he did with Logan. Logan was very unforgiven and Shane... And hopefully, if they Feel. if they do a Boba Fett movie, that would explain why he has uh, a reputation in the sequel, uh, in the original trilogy. Because like whenever I think when Han Solo hears Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi, he starts freaking out, and that's when he spins around and knocks him into the Sarlacc oh. pit. So it ends up killing him. Oh. But yeah, I think but we need a bit of. We- but that's imagination. Imagination does that for you. Like you imagine why he was. Yeah. About you don't need to be told. Like, but we haven't seen why yet. Yeah. Ah, you know what, Andy? You have refreshed my enthusiasm for a potential Boba Fett movie. I, I couldn't have thought it would be a good thing, but after what you guys have said, a silent Judge Dredd style one directed by the guy from Logan, you know, who knows? Maybe it could bring out the goods. So on that note, guys, on a scale of bad to good, with bad being non-credible, average being mildly credible, and great being incredible, how would you rate Solo? Alex? Uh, average, but going into the just over mildly credible, yeah. Andy? Yeah, I can't give it an incredible. I'd have to go for that middle range. I think personally I'd kind of give it around a 6 out of 10. So in terms of this ranking, yeah, mildly. Look, and, and I would agree. Uh, it's not it's not in the incredible range. It's by no means a bad film. And um, they're... A lot of the personal reasons, I think I could, I think it could be better. Um, I think it's a solid film. I'm going to go mildly credible as well. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to the After Credibles, your least credible movie podcast. Thanks to our presenters, Andrew Medanzik and Alex Conway. Yeah, yeah. See you guys. If you like the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or send us some feedback. We are on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my personal favourite, TuneIn Radio. Please rate and review us, and get ready for next week, where the team returns to review the obscure, obscene, and overt world of Deadpool 2. I'm Charlie Rogers, and thank you again for listening to The After Credibles.